Hey, Sam. Hey, Luke. What's, uh, what's wrong, buddy? I just watched the hit 2004 film Troy starring Brad Pitt and Eric Bana, but I don't know if it's accurate at all. Hey, we've all been there, friend. This has you pretty messed up, huh? Well, I have good news for you. Ah! Jesus! I'm a doctor. Of medicine? Even better, classics. And I have all the answers for your burning questions about myths, ancient Greco-Roman history, and the movies. Where can we get this incredible medicine? Over on the podcast, Greased Lightning. It's on all your favorite podcatchers. It will be the sweet ambrosia of the gods. New episodes every other Monday. Two words to me in three years of Bret Hart Welcome back to Hanksy Panksy, a podcast where two dumb idiot best friends fill themselves mind, body, and soul with 148 twisting, turning minutes <laughs> of a long-haired, symbol-deciphering Tom Hanks. I'm Sam Siegel, and I'm one of those dumb idiots. And I am a masochistic monk. I am Luke Patrick. I am the other idiot. Hey, Sam. Hey, Luke. This week, mm. we watched 2006's the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> and what a fucking ride it was this week, huh? We're fucking here, Luke. Mm-hmm. It's the promised land. Mm-hmm. The much foretold of and prophesied land where conspiracies abound. Symbols are all over the place. Uh, Tom Hanks's hair is messed up in all the right ways. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we oh, finally- my God. We finally fucking made it. Uh, yeah, how was your how was your watch, my friend? Luke, I gotta tell you, I feel like I dropped acid. <laughs> uh, the just the sort of wild ass energy that I have had watching this movie, while also simultaneously being preemptively exhausted by it. Mm, yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. The the whole day today at work. I have been simultaneously very excited to watch this movie and absolutely dreading the time that it would take. Mm Mm-hmm. Hey, it's a real commitment. Two hours and 24 minutes off the Netflix, uh, you know, burning it straight. That's a long Mm -hmm. time to spend with Tom in this haircut. Oh, yeah. And and the symbology uh, Mm -hmm. of the movie and... uh, Paul Bettany hurting himself multiple times. <laughs> it's look, it's an investment, but Luke, can I tell you the return on that investment? Mm-hmm. Pretty damn good. Well, hell yeah, dude. That's what you want to hear. It sounds like uh, sounds like a pretty good watch, all things considered. Oh yeah, harried note taking, lot of symbol drawing, uh, writing down just sort of loose quotes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I consumed a, a quesadilla with ground beef and black beans that was delicious mm. and very filling. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a good time. Luke, how was your watch? Man, about the same. I spent the entire day dreading two hours and 24 minutes. Originally, I thought it was two hours and 54 minutes. 
because that's what Google told me. So the sheer bliss that I had when I booted it up on Netflix and it had immediately shaved off 30 minutes of this film for me. Uh, Oh, yeah. It was like making plans and canceling them, my friend. It was just sheer euphoria. Um, Oh, yeah. That's that's a gift from Christ right there. Mm-hmm. And amen, blessed be. It was pretty fucking fantastic. Uh, I did watch this with everybody else in my house, so my wife and our roommate. And uh, we all... <laughs> this movie is delirious. <laughs> it's <laughs> You're telling me. Yeah, but I knew it was going to be something, but just the twist and turns and constant like folding in on itself this movie is a goddamn oh, yeah. protein oh, oh <laughs> man so we had a hell of a watch and i will be honest we did sort of riff tracks this movie which is not against our bylaws it is not so i, I feel i feel like that is bordering on a disrespectful watch it is kind of disrespectful but honestly it kept me more engaged with the movie than just like well, you know, like Green Mile, where I'm just like consuming three hours of a movie, mm-hmm. just sort of waiting for it to be done. It did keep us involved and then, uh, you know, in tune with the plot, no matter where it fucking led. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, that's fair. I actually watched this one alone. Oh, that's a new uh, one. Yeah. Kenna, Kenna ate dinner with me uh, as we took in the movie. And then she said, you know what? I'm tired. My back hurts. It's been a long week. Yeah. I'm going to go read in bed and uh, and and left me to consume this on my own. I think that might have been a smart move on her case uh, or on her side. Oh, yeah. Just because of how I assume you consume this movie, which was feverishly writing notes and, you know, drawing <laughs> on the walls. I think that would have been hard yeah. to see your spouse do. Yeah, there. Look, I'm not going to lie to you. There were a few moments where I went, aha, and then uh, took took feverish notes. A lot lot more symbols in this notebook than there were at the beginning of the day. Sure. You shouted Eureka like an inventor during this movie. (laughs) Pretty much. Uh, Luke, do you want to attempt a plot breakdown? Holy Jesus. This is my Everest dude holy shit okay let me get into the headspace for this one so i will attempt to give you luke patrick's 3x structure or your money back guarantee but holy shit dude i don't know (laughs) i don't know it's a tall task it's it's fucking mr patrick's opus over here yeah so let's paint a picture it's the beginning of act one there is an what is he is he a professor who is tom hanks in this movie Oh, yeah, he's a professor Okay, at Harvard. At Harvard. So Tom Hanks is a Harvard professor uh, of symbols. I guess he's a symbologist. Sorry. Yeah, it seems to be. Folks, we will get into the breakdown. I'm just trying to get the, the basic facts nailed into place <laughs> before this ride careens into the sky. Um, yeah, so he's a Harvard professor. He's in France, and there is a murder he gets roped up into it. The Knights Templar and another group that I've forgotten the name of are involved. Opus um, Day. Opus Day. And essentially he's he's now on a mad dash treasure hunt with a French policewoman uh, to try to solve all of the clues. That's the beginning of Act One, kind of through Act One, is establishing that they have to solve some clues at the Louvre and then get 
a codex thingy, and then they go to see Ian McKellen in Act 2, who tries to help him with the codex thingy, but then there's this other guy, uh, the masochistic monk, that is determined to kill them because they have uncovered the truth, which is that Jesus Christ has a bunch of descendants uh, and through Mary Magdalene, and that one group of people, Opus Dei, wants to murder all the descendants and hide the truth, lest the Catholic Church lose its power, because that makes fucking sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Act 2 is them at Ian McKellen's house trying to decipher some stuff uh, when the masochistic monk breaks in. They escape uh, to England, where sort of Act 3 just careens around the place like a bumper car, where <laughs> they go to a whole bunch of different abbeys. They do a bunch of poking. They figure out where the tomb of Mary Magdalene is. Uh, he, uh, that is Tom Hanks, he, capital H, uh and his companion <laughs> end up going to this final abbey after the old man Ian McKellen has been uh revealed as the mastermind of the people behind Opus Day. Anyway, they go to this final abbey, there's a sarcophagus uh that they're looking for that contains Mary Magdalene's bones. It is revealed that his companion is in fact the last descendant of Jesus Christ. They part on good terms. Uh just yeah. sort of a nice little smoocheroonie. But not on the mouth, just sort of on the head. Very, very uh, sexless, as we expect from Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in a bizarre final ten minutes of the movie, it's revealed that Mary Magdalene's sarcophagus is actually buried under the fucking Louvre. So, yep. and I'm missing so many goddamn twists and turns in that. Uh, but I think that's a serviceable three-act structure right there. Yeah, Luke... A commendable job. I would clap, Ugh. but you got mad at me last time I clapped on air. <laughs> yeah. So please don't, please uh, don't do that. <laughs> so imagine, folks, that I'm clapping because Luke, you've done an incredible job with with an incredible mess. Oh, holy shit! It's just sprawling. This is the suburbs of plots. It's just it never ends. It's goddamn L.A. It just continues forever. You know what you did, Luke? Mm-hmm. Is what you did is if someone blew up a car into a billion pieces and mm-hmm. uh, and threw those pieces on the floor of a garage, you went through and you picked them all together and somehow you built a tricycle. <laughs> that is now, exactly what it feels like, too. Like, I feel like about that's about what I've achieved uh, for sure. Yeah. You didn't you didn't build the car, but god damn it, you still built something that'll get you from point A to point B. Yeah, hundred percent. And it looks it looks a bit like the car somehow. Mm, yeah. So it's a it's an incredible effort because in a thousand years I couldn't have done what you did. Ugh, I feel tired now. Uh, I'm now, but I, you know what? I'm determined to have the best energy for this. So Sam, oh, let's yeah. whip let's whip straight into the review section because I want to talk to you. About this gloriously terrible, terrifyingly complex, twisted-ass movie. Yes. Okay. What did you think? Oh, I hated it. (laughs) Okay. But with a joyousness, like, I, this movie is so convoluted and confusing and nothing makes sense. The plot Mm -hmm. is just all over the place. And there are so many, there's a scene where a bishop is being interviewed on an airplane that serves no purpose in this movie None. at all. <laughs> None whatsoever. It Literally, it's this guy being interviewed on a plane ostensibly so that he can interrupt the guy interviewing him to take a phone call. Mm-hmm. That's the scene. Yeah. And 
And that's Ron it. Ron Howard, why was it there? Yeah. Hey, real quick, we're back with Ron Howard. Uh, much the mm-hmm. same as we were on a, Apollo 13 and fucking Splash. We got quite the lineage going on here. Yeah, and can I tell you, Ron is about one for three. <laughs> you know what? Splash looks a little better through these lenses now that we've seen some well, of these other movies. sure. Yeah. Sure. After you see that thing you do, anything looks good. Yeah, it's true. I guess that's fair. If we take Splash on its own merits, our original review has to stand. It does, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, so, so I got to tell you, I don't hate this movie. Whoa. Bring in some, some fun, uh, positive yeah. energy to this. Well, tell me more about that, my friend. Well, first of all, Luke, it is a rump. Oh, it's capital R and then just like a million exclamation points. Oh, yeah. Maybe three O's, which mm-hmm. actually at that point, it's a roomp. Oh, it's a whatever. Roomp. It's a real room. Uh, so, so Kenna had never seen the movie before or read the book. Mm-hmm. And so when she was in the room with me while we were eating, she said, so is this is this just national treasure, but for adults? And I went, well. Yep, yep, you nailed it. Yep, 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 <laughs> yep, yep. It's National Treasure for Adults, uh, but vaguely worse. So I will admit, is it a good movie? Not really, but it's <laughs> fun as hell. Yeah, I mean, I will give it to you. I mean, like I said, we were on the couch. We were all engaged. We're watching this thing. We're It's rolling in. We're looking at it. We're poking it. We're having fun with it. So I guess to your credit... That is very true. We did have a semi-fun yeah. time consuming it. Yeah, it, like it. It's kind of lame. It. Mm-hmm. It's. It's got way too many twists and turns in it. But god damn it, it's just kind of entertaining. Yeah. And look, maybe that was because I found myself in a, in what could be almost described as a florid psychosis uh, <laughs> while I was trying to decipher the meaning of every single detail of this film. Yeah. Uh, something that has, has kicked my brain into overdrive uh, and also uh, sort of turned the rest of me into pudding. Yeah. Um, yeah, you but, were definitely on a, on a different brainwave, a different sort of chemical composition uh, on this one than maybe i was sure yeah and 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 i gotta tell you i'm just i just had a good time and i'm i'm frankly excited for the two other movies in this fucking trilogy Mm -hmm. i will say i'm way more excited about them than i was like it's kind of like when you go to a party and it's a total disaster but then you wake up the next day and you think yeah, I could, you know, repeat that kind of experience again. That's how I feel about this. Like, I'm ready to get fucked up again by another Dan yeah. Brown novel, 100%. So, so here's the thing. It, like, was it good? No. Was I angry? Fuck no. Like, mm-hmm. was it more interesting than sitting on the couch and watching, a like, a Ken Burns documentary or something? Fuck yeah, it was. Mm, it's a the- good time. The bar it's by insane. which all movies are are based <laughs> is it more entertaining than watching a Ken Burns documentary? I feel you though. Yeah, it just God, it's a good time. Yeah. Well, hey, I want to bring back a classic bit right now, uh, if you're okay with that. Yeah. 
because I, I think I have an answer as well. Sam, what was your favorite part of this movie? Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck almighty. Um, that's... Luke, that's actually kind of a big ask. I... Okay. Okay. It's really specific. Mm-hmm. But I think my favorite part of the movie is that Ian McKellen, in his giant house, has a room that has a TV that seems to constantly be displaying The Last Supper so that he can give presentations on Mary Magdalene. Yeah, I thought about this, because he has, like, slides, essentially, where he's like, and now look what happens if I move her over here. And it's like, next slide. (laughs) Well, and here's the thing. They walk into that room the first time, and it's on that screen. Yeah. Yeah, he was fucking prepared. I see. I think it's just always there. Mm-hmm. I think. I think this is like a, you know how like a synagogue has like the eternal light mm-hmm. that never gets snuffed out. Yeah. This is Ian McKellen's eternal light. <laughs> and plus, you know, he's ready at the drop of a hat to give his little presentation. Uh, yeah. It, it's fulfilling two purposes. It's you know his his eternal light, and then also. He can entertain at parties with his batshit theories about this Da Vinci painting. <laughs> hey, Luke, is it sad that every theory in this movie doesn't feel that batshit to me anymore? See, to a, a credit to the conspiracy corner, I am more persuaded by your conspiracy <laughs> corners than I am by the things in this movie. Because yours actually makes sense. Whereas here, they're just like, one time Da Vinci painted a duck, and then in another one, he painted an umbrella. Now, that's the Christ child, and you're like, what? Hang on. And plus, they're just paintings. <laughs> I can paint literally anything. It doesn't make it fucking true. But, but Luke, the, the empty space between Jesus and, and the person who may or may not be Mary Magdalene mm-hmm. is an upside-down triangle, which means a vagina, yeah. which means it's a woman, which means Jesus was fucking that person. Yeah, and the the upside down triangle and right side up triangle representing a penis and a vagina, of course, are pagan symbols. Pagan meaning literally whatever the fuck we want it to, not mm-hmm. considering that that's like millions and millions of different uh, individual groups from thousands and thousands of years ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. See, I have I have some feelings about this stuff. Yeah, you, you you're heated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a little frosty, a little frosty tonight. But I respect your favorite moment. Uh, it's been a long time since we've done one of those, and that is a great favorite moment, if I say so. Thank you. What's what's yours? Okay, so my favorite moment is also pretty niche, <laughs> 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 which is that um, they're like in London and they're trying to solve the last little pieces of this, but they've been kind of painting. Tom Hanks character is like that national treasure slash James Bond, like leading man kind of action hero sort of dude. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they crack a big piece of the case and they, they need to do some more research. And he says a line with the same delivery that James Bond would deliver a line. And the line was, I have to get to a library fast. And it just cracked my ass <laughs> up because like, Whoa, Mr. Bond. <laughs> What are we doing now? We have to go to a library. <laughs> Get me to a library. Stat. Stat. Yeah. And then like cue Lamborghini. And they're <laughs> off 
to go to a fucking library to look at microfiche or whatever. Like, well, and and here's the most appropriate thing for both his character and the movie is it's not a Lamborghini, it's a fucking city bus. Yeah, womp, just, womp. <laughs> it's it's just so antithetical to any like James Bond cool level, and it really cracked me up. And not in a like, I'm not judging it. I'm so here for this. This like everyday pukes journey through an action movie <laughs> oh it was so good oh uh, yeah i it's there's just so much of this movie that is truly bizarre like um towards the beginning when uh tom hanks is summoned to the louvre by police and he meets like the police captain uh outside of the louvre mm-hmm. and the captain goes hey what do you think of this glass pyramid and uh and Tom Hanks is like, oh, it's beautiful. And then the captain goes, it's a blight on the face of Paris. And then yeah. just walks in. And it's like, is this some sort of bizarre fucking litmus test for you, my dude? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of little micro interactions that are just fucking incredible. And they're tucked in so neatly into the oh, scenes yeah. of this, this shit-tastic pile of plot. Um, holy shit, dude, this movie. Um yeah, did you have any any like sort of quick fire thoughts on hand uh, about this this flick? Oh, you know I did. Oh uh, yeah. So so in addition to that, there's uh when when Tom is like working through some sort of problem, and uh the the Christ child as I'm gonna call her, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it says, "Oh, do you have an eidetic memory?" And he says, "No." But I can pretty much remember what I see. Yeah, we lost that, our shit over that one. <laughs> that's just a memory, Tom. Yeah. Hey, do you have anosmia? No, I just can't really smell anything. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, we'll we'll play semantics with this for the next 30 seconds, I guess. Yeah. Jesus. Uh what what do you have? Yeah, I can, I can, we can hit some back and forth here. So they pick up oh, a yeah. Florida Lee at some point, and they're like, mm-hmm. "It's a sign. It's the Florida Lee, dude. You're in <laughs> fucking France. The Florida Lee is goddamn everywhere. Are you fucking Luke, kidding me?" Luke, they don't use that symbol just willy nilly. <laughs> it's not like it's on everything outside. <laughs> oh man, it's that not like they're nuts. fucking national symbol mm-hmm. it's like being like like you're in ireland and you're like see how all the coins have a harp on them and yeah dude <laughs> <laughs> we're in ireland um so i let's talk about the swiss bank yes 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 <laughs> so there's a scene it actually is kind of fucking wild does not come up in your plot summary at all because it it takes up some time, but kind of for the plot, it's unimportant. <laughs> which is which is wild that we spend probably twenty minutes at this Swiss bank that is uh, totally inessential. Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of those moments in this movie. I think you could have cut some stuff, but please proceed. Okay, so so our team of Tom and the Christ Child go to a Swiss bank that uh, they know the address of from a key on the end of a fleur-de-lis that again is not to be found anywhere else in france Mm -hmm. um and they they go inside and it's all like futuristic and swiss yeah and uh i just 
just a few things to me were d- deeply puzzling. Mm-hmm. So first is they go in and the guy at the desk is like, oh, go to the door uh, on the right. And then they immediately go to the door on the left, which means <laughs> that the dude is directing people based on his right and left, not their right and left, which is frankly, Luke, just kind of shitty customer service. Yeah, and kind of an insane thing to do if you really yes. think about it. And and he doesn't motion to it either. He just mm-hmm. says, go to the door on the right. And they're like, got it, to the left. <laughs> and it's like, there, there's no like gesture of like this door. He just, uh, again, ostensibly because he works for a Swiss bank. And at a Swiss bank, you must comport yourself like a Swiss person, which is to not display any emotion or really movement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, if I can say really quick, you have encapsulated this movie in a single instance, which is a person saying, <laughs> go to the door on the right. And then everybody going to the left. Like, the number of times they pick something up in this movie, and they go, it's a blah blah. And then somebody else goes, no, it's not a blah blah. It's a foobar. And then they just do something completely different. Oh, my God. You've hit it so hard on the head. This isn't a bicycle. It's a it's a stage. <laughs> it's a steak. It's not a bicycle. It's a steak. Yeah. Yeah. So so the Swiss bank becomes more confusing because they go in and then I guess the manager of the bank comes in and he's like, so you haven't been to one of these before, huh? And they're like, clearly not. And he says, all right, well, you got to put in the key and then your account number and then it'll get the shit. And they're like, well, what if we don't know the account number? And he says, well, I hope you do because you only get one guess. Yes, one fucking guess. You are one accidental finger slip away from fucking losing everything yeah what what fucking system is that i don't know man it's a very it's a very stern one a very fair one it feels very swiss to me it does but man i hope that touch screen is well calibrated because Mm -hmm. if you punch in your numbers wrong and the calibration's wrong and you try to hit cancel but it hits okay Poof, there goes your Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, and then... Yeah, what else you got on the Swiss fi- bank? Okay, so they go into the Swiss bank. The motionless guard at the front does look them up in his like most wanted database that he just has pulled up on his computer screen mm-hmm. and sees Tom Hanks in the Christ child. And, and so he ostensibly calls the police. Then Tom Hanks and the Christ Child do access uh, the the bank account via just the Fibonacci sequence in mm-hmm. order, which is not a particularly good account number, but moving no. on. Uh, so they get their special thing, and then the bank manager busts into the room and says, the police got here sooner than I expected. Please come with me. Mm-hmm. And apparently, if you have an account at a Swiss bank long enough, they will spirit you away from the police. Mm-hmm. Ain't it, man, out of everything in this movie, seems pretty believable that a Swiss bank might ferry you off to the Cayman Islands or something if you requested it and paid a certain amount of millions. Uh, that part seems pretty believable to me, sir. Except he spirits them away from the police to a robbery. Yeah, that is fair. And he tries to rob them, right? Mm-hmm. 
and mm-hmm. it doesn't feel very Swiss to me. Mm-mm. No, sir. It feels very un-Swiss. And then he's like pissed off. He's like, I waited 20 years for this account to open and it was opened by two murderers. God damn it. And it's like, is this what Swiss bank managers do is they just pick an account and they're like, can't wait to see the person who gets into this one. Yeah. Well, I think maybe what happened is that he he had to fulfill a contractual obligation to get them away from the police. But he did want to rob them and or murder them because they were murderers. So he, he's got these mm-hmm. two conflicting interests. And he went with his Swiss intuition, which was to complete the contract first and then exact emotional revenge. Frankly, that's commendable. Mm-hmm. Good job. Pretty, you know, pretty noble. Yeah. What a what a guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any other quick thoughts? Hell yeah, I do. I have another amazing moment in this movie. <laughs> it makes me laugh just thinking about it. Uh, early in this movie, they go to a big ass city park in, at the middle of night, uh, uh-huh. as you do, like normal people, to just like have yeah. a chat for a second. And uh, the Christ child approaches a man on a bench who appears to be about to do drugs. Appears to be about to be doing drugs. I think is the grandma. Yeah, one. whatever. Yeah. Anywho, she walks up and says the amazing line: "I'll give you fifty euros for all of your stuff and for you to leave." Uh, you can eat something with that. And he goes, okay. He gets up and walks away and she never gives him any money. She just Jedi mind tricked the dude. Well, that's the power of the Christ child. Luke. That's the power of the Christ child. She just suggests that she's going to give money to you. And you're like, okay. And then you just walk out into the woods. Oh my yep. God. Uh, We get to see uh, Paul Bettany's ass. Yeah, we do get ass watch of one on this one. If you're looking for some mm-hmm. of that sweet, uh, sweet Paul ass. Yeah, so that one's always fun. Um, do do you have, you have any other, uh, quick thoughts? Um, everybody that's in a secret society in this movie wears something on them that identifies that they're part of that secret society. Did you catch this? Uh. To be perfectly honest, no. Yeah, so like there's the police officer that's part of whatever the the group is. So so what I'll say about that is my understanding is that Opus Day is not actually a secret society. Mm. They're just like sort of an ultra conservative sect of the Catholic Church mm. because they have like Opus Day houses. Yeah. In like different cities. I I do think what he was doing was not allowed within the church because he was like, we can't let anyone know about this council, which I think the council was somehow divorced from Opus Day, but I'm not entirely so- It's very convoluted. Oh, yeah, it makes no sense. Um, but it's not just him. Like, the monk also wears his monk uniform. There's all these, like, rings yeah. and stuff and symbols all over the place. Like, everyone's pretty clearly identified if you just sort of know what the symbol is. Actually, let's talk about the monk for a second. Ooh, buddy. Let's talk about this masochistic monk. Paul Bettany walks around in ostensibly 2006 Paris and London Mm -hmm. in just, like, monk rags. Yes. And, Luke, there's no way that you can... uh, inconspicuously get around a modern (laughs) European city 
in fucking monk rags. Yeah, especially looking the way he does and bleeding the way he does because he is Mm -hmm. self-flagellating pretty much all the time. Yeah, and like, uh, and like limping Mm -hmm. because he's got that spiked, uh, thing around his thigh. It just people would clock this guy's scene a mile away. Yeah, I mean, if you saw him on the public bus, you would say, this is a man wearing a bear trap garter, and he's wearing uh, robes like he just came from a Ren fair. Yeah, there's no way you're just, like, sneaking into a Brookstones or whatever and, like, having a chill-ass coffee, for sure. Oh, yeah. How do you think he gets a sandwich? Like, for lunch? <laughs> I think, by the nature of big cities, he could still probably order a sandwich just because no one will be willing to interact with him at a beyond a surface level i think he could get all the way through a subway order uh and make all of those 15 different choices you have to make for a subway sandwich and just nobody would make eye contact no one would state the obvious which is that he's dressed like he's from the 1300s i think i think he could do <laughs> it but <laughs> only based on that i i think he would run into some issues bleeding on the floor because mm, there's true. no way that guy cutting into his own thigh like that is not bleeding everywhere he goes. Yeah, 100%. That's fair. Well, I guess he just doesn't get sandwiches then. So. Yeah. So so maybe it's like, you know, he's at Subway and he's on decision number seven, mm-hmm. which is uh, what cold cuts would you like? Yeah. And then the person is right about to ask, or he's in the middle of saying, like, I'll take salami, pepperoni, <laughs> uh, and turkey. When the Subway person goes, sir, you're you're bleeding on our floor. Are yeah. you okay? <laughs> and and Paul yeah. Bettany just continues. And uh, you know what? Fuck it, ham. <laughs> give me give me some ham on that bad boy too. Yeah. Can I get some uh, salt and pepper and some oil uh, on this one? Yeah, I agree. I think you either got to power through it or it just DoorDashes your friend. DoorDashes your friend in a big big way. Oh Jesus. Well. Uh, Luke, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. We we have a lot more to talk about with this with this flick, but right now, uh, I gotta I gotta tighten my knife garter around my <laughs> oh my thigh. <laughs> ah! <laughs> oh, it hurts, and uh, I gotta I gotta go to a subway. I gotta get some money so I can go to the subway now. Uh, do you want to come with me to the Hanks Bank? Yeah, ah! I am happy to assist with every part of this. Let's go. It hurts so good. Luke, I needed to travel across Europe hunting for clues to Jesus's bloodline. It's time to come with me to the Conspiracy Corner. Oh man, I'm so fucking excited for this week's Conspiracy Corner. Oh, Luke. This, this may be my, my magnum opus. This yeah. is everything I've been hoping for. This brings us to a whole new fucking planet. But before we can do that, Luke, we have to go back. Oh. Way, way back to nothing in common with David Basner. What? Who, as we all know, is Tom Hanks. And if you remember... Outside of David Basner's office is a sign that has the following symbols from top to bottom all mm-hmm. lined up. And it is 
the male symbol, the female symbol, an asterisk, a cross, and an infinity sign. Holy shit. Dude, digging so far back into the bucket for this juicy, juicy nugget. Holy shit. And so we had originally thought that this meant that the Christ child was conceived by Mary and Joseph. However, the Da Vinci Code seems to specifically refute this. Mm -hmm. So, the question is, Luke, what does this mean now? Man, I think there are so many new dimensions to this because specifically mentioned in the movie are the male symbol and the female symbol, right? Yes. Yeah, as referred to... Now... What I'll say is it's different male and female symbols. Yeah. There's the the sort of arrow up, um, or I guess just like sort of triangle with the point up, and that's mm-hmm. male, or the blade, and then triangle point down is the chalice, which is female. Yeah. We're talking the, uh, what is this, like the Mercury and Venus symbols, um, the like circle with the line and the arrow, and then yeah. the circle with the line and the cross. Yeah, Mars and Venus, but nobody's... Whatever. Yeah. I think, right? I don't know. We're smart people. Anyway. Hey. Uh, so. Yeah. So what does this mean? So I think there's the obvious conclusion that, one, I'm taking the asterisk at, fa- at face value. I think that's literally an asterisk attached to the Christ child because it's confirming mm. to us that the Christ child was conceived by a man and a woman. And in this case, it was not the first Christ child, but in fact... But the, the second. Exactly. The second Christ child, or even the Christ child that we're introduced to in this movie. Uh, and that's what the asterisk oh. is for, is to imply that, hey, hey, quick footnote, you know, here's just a little quick a little quick info about this one, was conceived by these other two, other two entities. Holy shit, Luke. Mm-hmm. And and here's where it pieces together. Is a man and a woman conceived the Christ child and that that continues Christ's bloodline oh my God. into infinity. Oh my God. Fucking yes, dude. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. So this message has been seeded in to Tom's fucking career and, mm-hmm. and his many lives from very early on and and we should have we we clocked it but we didn't know the true meaning until just now but luke there's so much more to to dig out of this one yeah please we've we've uncovered one earth shattering uh piece of information but i'm so ready to dig up some more okay so uh at the beginning of the movie for just a moment tom is giving a speech and he opens a journal of his a little notebook Mm-hmm. And on that notebook is a cross, but the bottom of the cross is connected to a little curve that kind of looks like half a heart. Okay. And this symbol is never explained or repeated throughout the entire movie. Damn. Okay. What? And 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 here's here's my theory. Yeah, yeah. Please hit me with that. Is, I'm feeling flummoxed. Is that this? is seeding his l- half of the love interest between him and the mo- current Christ child. Mm. Okay, so maybe he's he's drawing this feverishly. He doesn't know why. This is just like 
an aberration. This is a thing that happens to him is that he'll be yes. sitting somewhere and he'll draw this symbol without knowing mm-hmm. what it is, which has to drive him insane because he's, he's a symbologist. This is his whole yeah. goddamn life. Exactly. And he says, what is the symbol? Why do I keep drawing it? Mm-hmm. Why am I naked <laughs> in the middle of the street <laughs> clutching a notebook and a pen? Um, yeah, 100%. That feels real good to me. And so I feel like this is showing that eventually he and the modern Christ child will come together in mm. love and further Christ's bloodline. You know... We did get flavors of that, but I'm glad they didn't push it in this flick because they've only known each other for, like, what, 12 hours during the course of this this film? Something like that. Yeah. So you're forecasting that this is yet, this is a prophecy yet to happen. Yes. Okay. I'm here it's, for that. It's being seeded. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so we have a lot of codes in this. There's... Of course, uh, O Draconian Devil, O Lame Saint. There's So Dark the Con of Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's just, Luke, it's, there's so much. <laughs> um, he, here's where things get, get pretty wild. There's uh, Job 3811, which is, Hitherto thou shall come, but no further. Mm-hmm. And now I think this is maybe... Uh, now in the movie it's suggested that this is this is sort of a fake uh that to to drive the Christ child's enemies in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. I think this is perhaps a reference to Tom either being a scaly or just generally kind of sex sexless <laughs> because it says hitherto thou shall come but no further. Yeah, taking sort of a, a more Tom-focused approach to this, and I yes. am in love with it. I think it makes so much sense. I mean, we've seen him continuously over the course of his career get so close to sexual relations with a woman, a human woman, and it just never happens. It just never but happens. no further. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing, Luke. We've got a lot of players going on right now. Yeah. In 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 this film, there's there's Tom, there's the Christ Child, there's uh oh by the way Tom's uh Tom's alter ego in this movie is Robert Langdon. We never mentioned that, but that's <laughs> Robert Langdon is Tom Hanks is Robert Langdon is everybody else. Yeah yeah. Um, just just to get that out of the way. Sure. Um, there's Paul Bettany who plays uh an albino named. Uh, an albino person named Silas uh, who does call himself both a ghost and an angel and I think there's a lot to unpack there there's um, Doc Ock as a bishop Um, Mm -hmm. so I just called him Bishop Doc Ock (laughs) Uh, (laughs) which is extremely good you buried the lead (laughs) on that one (laughs) Uh, and then (laughs) thank you and then there's uh, Sir Ian McKellen Yes. Uh who who is obsessed with with the story of uh the Priory of Sion which which is the secret organization protecting the Christ child and also Mary Magdalene's uh, right. uh remains. Uh but also ends up being the teacher who had been guiding both Bishop Doc Ock and Paul Bettany. Yeah. Uh, 
to track down the Christ child. And so we've got this sort of Ouroboros almost. Yes. Um, but here's the thing, Luke, I don't I don't think it's that simple. Oh. Um, I I don't I don't think we're anywhere near uh, that simple. So Ian McKellen ultimately wants to reveal that Jesus was just some dude who fucked Mary Magdalene uh, because he wants to destroy the church. Sure, which is a bit flimsy if you ask me. Seems like that it, might not do the trick, but, you know, whatever, teach yeah. their own. It seems like it wouldn't really do what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. However, I think, Luke, this is something that is being perpetrated by ATAR. Oh my god, Atar's up in this business? Yes, and here's the thing. I think, I think that it's not that Ian McKellen is working as an agent of Atar. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's a co-conspirator. I think that since Atar's in our plane, I think Atar possessed Ian McKellen. Holy shit, Atar. I, com- I completely forgot about Atar. And how he's up in our realm. He's in our physical plane doing stuff. Holy shit, Sam. Here here he is trying to both destroy the church and Tom Hanks and the Christ child all at once. Mm. And he also talks a whole lot about discovering the power of Jesus and the power of Christ and God's power on this world. And hey, who, who is imbued with God's power other than Tom Hanks himself? Mm, yes, because we've already established that he is sort of an agent of God himself, right? At this point, yes. destined to yes. fight Atar. Mm-hmm. And so they do, they don't really fight in this, but it's sort of a, a battle of wits, if you yeah. will. And and here's my proof that Ian McKellen is Atar. Okay, lay it on me. I'm already convinced, but I am so here for the proof as well. When Ian McKellen is being hauled away by police, uh, after Tom fakes breaking the cryptex with old vinegar in it, mm-hmm. um, Ian McKellen is feverishly screaming about conspiracies and about how Tom tricked him and this and that. And he was like, oh, you sneaky fucker. And he's just, it's a lot of energy. And mm-hmm. I think that energy is Atar trying to get out of Ian McKellen. Mm. and and possess someone else and so that's just like all this like gotcha energy gotcha so sort of trying to exercise himself atar out of ian mckellen's body to escape the situation now that things have gone pear-shaped and ian mckellen is no longer a vessel of choice precisely oh my god yes 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 earlier when ian mckellen's butler guy who uh, <laughs> fakes being the teacher, mm-hmm. but isn't the teacher, but gets poisoned by the teacher because the teacher is both Atar and Ian McKellen. Um, when that butler holds a gun up to uh, Tom Hanks, uh, agent of God and the Christ child, um, he they're, they're saved by doves. Mm, Do you they? remember this? He, he gets distracted at one point because doves fly in and Holy. distract him shit seriously they're doves doves are what does the trick they're doves oh my god the symbolism the symbolism sam and it's god saying no this is my agent i will save my agent this one time Mm -hmm. and so and so god does uh but but here's the thing it's it's even more than that so 
that there's this notion that Tom Robert Langdon just sort of found himself wrong place wrong time in this movie mm-hmm. and that he stumbled into meeting the Christ child and uh, and solving this mystery and everything correct yeah that is how the movie presents it and I would say it's a little unbelievable sure and that's because it's not happenstance Ooh, I need this in my life I need you to make sense of this plot for me sir okay Luke in in various different sort of live lives and alter egos of Tom we have seen Tom uh poor um mm-hmm. as uh, as Forrest Gump for a brief period of time uh we've seen him as a soldier in uh Saving Private Ryan Mm-hmm. And we have seen him have a connection to Christ and God in the Green Mile. Yes, yes, yes. A very direct connection. Uh, and yeah, right. the other two are very, very substantiated for sure. So you could perhaps call him a poor fellow soldier of Christ, could you not? <laughs> yes, yes, I, you very much could. Which is the name, Luke, of the Knights Templar. Holy shit. Are you suggesting, sir, on this podcast right now that Tom Hanks is a Knight Templar? You know I fucking am. And Holy here's the shit. proof. So not only have we seen Tom Hanks as a poor fellow soldier of Christ, uh, also of the Temple of Solomon, but fuck that. Uh, <laughs> he, here's the thing. At the end of the movie, he finds the actual location of Mary Magdalene, which how would anyone other than a Knight Templar know that? Mm-hmm. But he also kneels at that place sort of the altar of mary magdalene and yeah. we see people kneel uh before her sarcophagus uh throughout the film and do you know who those people are exclusively are they all fucking knights of knights temple knights templar you know they fucking are oh my god dude you've blown this thing wide open I, it here it is tom hanks is a templar Holy shit, this makes so much sense. This also sort of like focuses his his mission from God, right? Like before, yes. it was a little ambiguous. We didn't quite know what he was there to do other than to fight Atar. And uh, now it's got direction. It's been funneled. It's been focused. I am in love with this idea. Here it is. And and Luke, there there are a couple other things mm. that, uh, that, that I think we may not know. Okay. Um, so, first, uh, let's see. We have this. So, so they have the cryptex, right? Yes. And it's suggested. Uh, Tom says that the code was Apple. Mm-hmm. And that that was the code. I don't believe that. Hey, I don't either, but for different reasons, because they say an apple's an orb, and it ain't an orb. It's definitely not an orb, an apple. Right. So what do you think it is? The password? Yes. Well, (laughs) our jokes was that because it was Da Vinci, it was just dicks, 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 dicks. And then he got distracted and forgot to change it to something else. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Um, so that's all I've got on that front. Do you do you have any more highbrow sort of thoughts on the password? I have thoughts. Mm, okay. So first, I'm thinking, you know, statuary. I'm thinking orbs. And so I think boobs. Because, mm. again, it's got to be five letters. 
Yeah. But that I'll, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, Da Vinci wouldn't have been into that for sure. No, he wouldn't have. So then I'm thinking uh, circles, round, uh, something Da Vinci may have liked, anals. No, I don't think that's it either because anal doesn't make sense with an S on the end. <laughs> yeah, nor does it make a lot of sense as a password. Hey, you type in no, your password real quick. Yeah, yeah, just scoot over. It's just uh, anals. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. So now I'm thinking, okay, Tom's been around for a really long time. Yes, dude is basically eternal. Exactly. And so I'm thinking, Tom, I'm, I think... I'm moving away from the orb. I think the orb is a false flag. Okay. Uh, orb, orb is no go. No start on the orb. So I, I'm thinking Leonardo da Vinci. I'm thinking Tom Hanks. I'm thinking five letter words. Penis. Penis. See? I think we were closer than uh, than we thought with our joke about it being dicks, 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 dicks. I think well, penis and, makes a lot of sense. And what do we know about Tom? Oh my god, he's got a gigantic member. Yep. That big fat cock because folks, give me a break, give me a break, give me a break of that big Tom cock. <laughs> the now, intro never gets old. I love it every time. <laughs> now, we don't uh we don't really see any evidence of his big fucking dick in this one, but we do know it's there. Uh so I think that the cryptex was originally made to honor Tom's massive phallus. Mm -hmm. Uh, The male symbol, if you will. Oh, yeah, it's there. Uh, The blade, as he calls it. Mm -hmm. Um, Not not his penis, (laughs) the symbol, but you never know. So I think the cryptex was originally made for him. The first Knight Templar. That's right, folks. I think Tom Hanks is the first Knight Templar. Holy shit. This is like... This is adding so many thousands of years to the lifespan of a Tom than we've had before. And Mm -hmm. I I see no reason not to do that. I'm with you. I think he's been around basically forever. Because he's really comfortable with those old documents, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, they get to that church, and he clocks those ancient documents immediately and then just starts handling them. Yeah. Oh, like he fucking wrote them. He's just like, yeah, here we go. Here's the ones we were looking for. So, so yeah, I, th- I think we've got poor fellow soldier of Christ, Tom Hanks, uh, been around long enough to, uh, to have influenced Da Vinci when he made the cryptex, mm-hmm. and that he's showing that he's getting messages, probably from God, that he is meant to fall in love with the modern Christ child and further Christ's bloodline. Holy shit. Dude, what what a fucking phenomenal uh, detente it would be for him to to further the bloodline of the Christ child, given his calling and all the history he's lived through. Yeah. And the fact that he's the first Knight Templar, like, holy shit, that would be uh, just amazing. Yeah. I mean, going from poor fellow soldier of Christ to member of the of Christ's bloodline through mm-hmm. marriage. Yeah. Boy. Pretty pretty good what an arc mm-hmm well luke that's that's all i have today so let's Damn, talk dude about next week yeah i wish i could slow clap for you uh just give you a standing ovation 
for that conspiracy corner because that was uh, real chunky and extremely revealing. So well done, sir, on your your investigations this week. Well, thank you. It was, uh, again, about two hours and 29 minutes of (laughs) floridly psychotic note-taking. Yeah, well worth it, I'd say, for the information that we gleaned from it uh, this week. So thank you. Uh, You're welcome. Uh, This is the service I love to provide. Mm -hmm. But next week, Luke, Mm -hmm. we'll be watching 2007's Charlie Wilson's War. Nice. A movie I have not seen, nor do I know anything about it. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I've actually seen it a couple times. So, Luke, I'm very interested. What do you think Charlie Willie's War is about? Okay, so I'm pretty sure that Charlie Willie's War is about a man and his vicious fight against the fucking co-op board just so that he can hang up a goddamn wreath on his door for Christmas, trying to get some of the Christmas spirit. Because I think this is going to be in the same vein as, like, Polar Express, but, like, for adults and it's a comedy, um, but sort of like a Joel and Ethan Coen-type comedy. Okay. Um, So just a man just, like, lots of hijinks. Like, maybe he tries to, like, booby trap parts of the the building to sort of get at the co-op board. Um, Mm -hmm. And then they retaliate or they, like, fine him a bunch. Uh, And then eventually the spirit of Christmas comes through and he is allowed to hang up a wreath. And he, you know, gets along with everybody on the co-op board. Um, But we're going to see some serious hijinks. Kind of like an adult... Home Alone, I think, is what okay. we're going to see. Uh, so real okay. war, real warlike attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, do you think there's going to be any sort of like uh, war on Christmas kind of vibes going on? Oh, yeah. Big time. I think that's what the war is, really. Like the combatants are the co-op board and Tom Hanks. But I think the the ideology at stake here is definitely Christmas. Okay, I see. So so really, it's the war on Christmas, and this is the battle of the co-op board. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Well, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Mm, I'm assuming it's 100% what I just said. Uh, it's, it's pretty close. <laughs> I guess we'll find out next week. We will. And so, folks, until then... Why don't you check us out on Facebook at Hanksy Panksy Podcast, or you can find us on Twitter at Hanksy Panksy, or Instagram at Hanksy Panksy Pod, or send us an email at HanksyPanksyPod at gmail.com. Uh, you know, send us your thoughts about Tom Hanks being the first and possibly last poor fellow soldier of Christ, um, and uh, and how he's destined to uh, father the, the next Christ child. Uh, let us know, uh, frankly, if you saw... Uh, the Polar Express with Luke many years ago because that is still very much a mystery for us. Um, and, uh, you know, just any other thoughts you have, uh, go ahead, drop us a review. Um, share us with a friend. Again, we're we're busted. Just mentally busted. Um, and so we can't, we can't promote this thing uh, with any sort of competence. So if you could do it, that would be really great. Um, I'd also like to give a shout out to Ryan Boyd for our kick-ass intro music. Uh, you can follow them on Twitter at Ryan D, uh, Droid, D-R-O-Y-D. Luke, do you have a final quote? Yeah, can you ask me if I have an eidetic memory? <laughs> hey Luke, <laughs> do you have an eidetic memory? No, but I remember everything I see. <laughs> God damn it, Tom. <sighs> well, folks... Thank you again for listening to another episode of Hanksy Panksy. 
and we'll be back next week with 2007's Charlie Wilson's War. Now I gotta tighten that strap some more! (laughs) Uh, We're gonna do that, but folks, until then, uh, until next week, uh, why don't you check us out on uh, Facebook at Hanksy Panksy Podcast, or you can find us on Twitter at Hanksy Panksy, or Instagram at Hanksy Panksy Pod, or shoot us an email at hanksypanksypod at gmail.com. We would love to hear your thoughts about Tom Hanks and Agent of Atar, uh, Rudy Giuliani, and the black ichor that uh, pulses through his <laughs> his hardened <laughs> veins. Um, uh, and, uh, and, you know, any other ideas that you might have about Tom Hanks-related conspiracies. Um, also, drop us a review. Uh, you know, share us with a friend. We uh, clearly are not mentally, mentally, physically, uh, or really financially capable of uh, promoting this podcast uh, in any realistic way. So um, if you could just do that for us, that would really uh, be great. We're, we're just stupid. Um, and, uh, and I'd also like to give a shout-out to uh, Ryan Boyd for our incredible intro music that I love listening to every single time. Um, so, uh, you can find them at, uh, Ryan Droid, D-R-O-Y-D, on Twitter. Luke! Mm -hmm. How about that final quote? All right, I got one. It's yelled by Tom Hanks at Philip Seymour Hoffman, and it is, That's a thick door! Fuck yes! (laughs) (laughs) I wrote it down. I wrote it down. It's so fucking good. It's so good. That's a thick Uh, door. Yeah, that's it. That's my final quote. Folks... Watch this movie. It's so good, and mm-hmm. it's short. It's not quite as short as another great film, Yes, oh God, Yes, God. which Fuck. you should check out after that. It's starring Natalia Dyer and oh. Timothy Simmons. It's an excellent movie. Not as great as Charlie Wilson's War. Jesus but maybe Christ. after you watch that one, check out Yes, God, Yes. You know, <laughs> you watch those back-to-back, and that's the length of, like, Avengers Endgame. And I gotta tell you, it's a better time. But, folks, uh, we'll be back next week with 2008's The Great Buck Howard. Thanks for listening.